You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. Yee-haw! Here we go, Brian. You ready? I'm ready, Al. That, that woke me up for sure. Well, you know How that. Are you doing today? I'm doing all fine, but, but that'll only work if your car is actually in your driveway, right? Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's helpful if your car is in the driveway these days. And, uh, you know, as 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 we've come to learn, um, cars disappear from driveways from time to time. Probably with that same speed and sound, eh? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. They try. I think they. I think thieves try to try to remove cars uh, silently these days, and uh, and it's getting easier and easier to do as uh, as we've learned. And it's it's not the old school way. It's the new school way, and it's typically done through electronic measures. Exactly. You don't want to wake up the dog or the people inside the house. You know, you just want to make a quick, subtle getaway, and uh, and it doesn't take very long before they're um, you know parked. Usually for a couple of days to cool off, I think is the routine, and then ultimately they make it to the port of Montreal or somewhere along there and get on a boat. Yep. Yeah, they end up in a container, and uh, and as uh, as some news outlets have actually you know investigated, they they oftentimes end up in other places around the world, like Africa, and uh, you know you can you know if you're SUV or, or sedan disappears in Toronto, you might find it in some uh, small country in Africa driving around. Now, you're, you're famous for reviewing vehicles yourself, and I, I just saw one of your reviews of the hottest car that's getting stolen right now. Did you not worry that it'd get stolen from your driveway? Uh, well, I, I put the cars in the garage, and that and that's the thing. So... Um, you know, it used to be a it used to be a situation where you you wanted to put your you know your your keys your your uh, keyless key in a Faraday box or something or maybe the freezer so that the car and the key weren't communicating. Well, that kind of doesn't matter anymore because electro uh, thieves can use their technology, whatever that is, to gain access to your car even without the key these days. But for me, I put the car in the garage. The key is far away from uh, the car anyway, and everything's secure. But, you know, in, in my neighborhood, there's a lot, of, a lot of people don't have garages or their garage is full of stuff, so they park their expensive SUV in their driveway. Well, we've spared no expense to bring in two special people today to tell us, well, one's going to be quite informative. The other one's got a sad story, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it is, and and uh, that's uh, that's Mitch Levine, and and he's been in the news lately, and and it's an unfortunate story, and and it's a very similar story that that I've heard with with some friends. You know, my watchmaker, for example, had his SUV stolen from his driveway. Mm, he should watch more carefully. <laughs> well, that's what I that's what I told him afterwards. He said, "Brian, you're the car guy. What should I do?" I'm like, "Put it in the garage." Exactly, exactly. And then we've got Elliot Silverstein here. You know, he's our friend from CAA, and they have great insurance. But uh, they get tired of paying out, eh? 
Well, this, you know, this is the thing. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, car theft is is a victimless crime. Well, it's not because the more and more cars that are stolen, you know, insurance companies are a business. They're not a charity and they have to make money. So, you know, uh, the, the, the consumer is the one who ends up paying ultimately. All right, we got to take a break. I don't know if Brian can hear the music in the background. Uh, we have to tell our guests that, you know, um, but Brian is in Detroit on business, I'm sure, having a great time. Um, don't forget to bring me those cigars back that you promised me, eh? I <laughs> sure thing. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with my pal Alan Gelman. And uh, Al, it's uh, it, it's definitely been an interesting week. And and uh, in automotive news, there's there's you know there's fun stuff going on, but not a lot of fun stuff. Are uh, uh, the Ford workers are still holding the line, and uh, and they're they're accelerating their strike. Yeah, and they're 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 apparently they're targeting where the, who and where they strike because you know they want the biggest bang for the buck, and apparently they make way, for the manufacturer makes way more money on commercial vehicles, trucks and whatnot, rather than passenger cars. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, um, a company like Ford, it makes makes uh, their their highest margin vehicles are all the the big trucks, not just the F one fifty, but the two fifty and the three fifty, as well as their luxury SUVs. So, of course, the 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 union has focused on on those plants, and and that was in the news, I think, yesterday, where they've shut down one of those one of the biggest plants that produces those big trucks and luxury SUVs, and that that really hits uh, Ford where it hurts. Is you know, in addition to the supply in addition to consumers. Well, exactly. Um, you know, especially if you've got one on order, you can sort of scratch that date off your uh, <laughs> your, your best before day. You know, that's not going to come. We've had suppliers, you know, um, we've had uh, uh, supplier issues before. But apparently some of these suppliers are now, it, it, it's one of two things. Either they're told to build stuff and then stockpile it because normally it's it's last, you know, what do they call it? Um they don't. They just supply it until they actually need it. Um, yeah, ju- uh, just in time. Just in time, exactly. So they're 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 telling because because the minute that the strike is over, they're going to want to ramp up production, obviously, or get to back to the you know try to clear the backlog. Um, but if these guys don't have this stuff, they're they're not going to be able to do it. But in other cases, the suppliers have just been told to park it all together now and then. Unfortunately, because of the trickle down now, they're, they'd have to lay, lay off their own employees now. So these are innocent people who are like walking the line. Well, not walking the line. They're just without a job for the meantime. That, that's exactly it. And, and, you know, one of the principles in, of, of just-in-time manufacturing is not that you, you know, sort of stockpile this stuff and, and warehouse it. So the entire supply chain doesn't have, uh, you know, the, the, the warehousing built into that process. So at some point, the suppliers will have to stop we'll have to stop making components to supply to Ford. So it, it is a big trickle-down effect, and it affects more than more than Ford, more than Ford's workers, and, and of course, is impacting, of course, car buyers, as well as people at the dealer level. We're still seeing supply issues, too, in terms of getting parts to the manufacturers. Eh? I, I know I was just talking to somebody yesterday who uh, was promised to have the electrical steering. Like, she got a new Porsche, and um, they said, well, we... Your, your electronic steering can't work as it should. Uh, we're missing a, a, a chip, and we'll get back to you when it arrives. And apparently she's not heard back from them, and she doesn't even think she's going to get it at all now. 
Uh, that that's unfortunate, but it, it's it's still the case. I mean, and even even in the in the racing world, there there are components that uh, that are that are delayed for, uh, by months. It's uh, it's a strange world now, but it's uh, it's across the board. The the supply chain issues still haven't fully resolved themselves in the automotive world, let alone other industries. But it's uh, it, you know it, it's coming it's coming back, and and uh, you know as 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 we've seen, um, inventories are are starting to build up. So consumers who are buying new New cars do have a little bit more choice than they did a year ago. That's for sure. But uh, inventory levels across the board are still not where they should be. Now, in the case of where they have vehicles on the lot, um, these so these are not these aren't cars waiting to get picked up. These cars that aren't aren't sold yet. Is that right? That, that's correct. And and you know, it, it the, the truth of the matter is that it is the less popular makes and models that are on dealers' lots. So the desirable cars are still in short supply. But if you want something that's you know a little less desirable, maybe not as pretty or as fancy as some of uh, uh, more premium brands, you have your choice of of those cars. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of battery-powered cars that are on the lot now. Yeah, we yeah we've been talking about that a little bit on the show, and and EV inventories are starting to build up, and and what it's you know I think a great way to frame it is that the early adopters of EVs have all bought their cars, and the mass market of car buyers they're really not interested in EVs, and and you know for for good reason. Uh, I I happened to uh, uh, meet a gentleman yesterday mm-hmm. who uh, drove a Tesla for the first time, right. and it was entirely disappointed. Oh really. Yeah, just was not he he's he just it was not intuitive uh, because Tesla designs their cars more more tech forward first rather than human first. And right. you, know, you get it in a normal car, drive it, no problem. Get into a Tesla. You got to figure out how all of this stuff works. Oh, so from a driving perspective or from a driver, old style driver perspective, you're not impressed at all. In other words, no, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of them. I, I don't find that they're 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 driver oriented. And, you know, that's the I mean, cars don't drive themselves. So you've got to have a great human machine interface. And, the, you know, the Tesla's not doing that, at least to my satisfaction. I have to laugh because, you know, I'm, I, I do some uh, social media myself uh, just to watch. But uh, this crazy guy named Scotty Kilmer, who is like an old school, you know, grease under the fingernails kind of mechanic. And all of a, and he hates electric cars. All of a sudden, he was in a new Volvo, and he was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" <laughs> okay, it, it's true. It's it's not that I'm anti EV, but uh, yeah, they they can be pretty cool. All right, cool. All right, we got to take a break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. This is Big Al and and Big Dave. Uh, no, Dave's not here. Unfortunately, he's passed. But Brian's there. <laughs> I, I'm here to take up the slack. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max, not in the studio, and here with my pal Alan Gelman. Al, what's going on today in the world of cars? Well, actually, in the world of being in the studio by myself, I, I, I was out shooting the breeze and figured, you know, because I know the boys are already in, at, at the hoist, ready to go, eh, right by the toolbox. I'm yeah. out in the hall getting some water, and next thing you know, our, our, our producer, uh, our technical producer, Ashley, is outside going, we're back on the air. I went, okay, oh, I forgot. Anyways, everything is good. Um, my car is running fine. Um, actually, oh, I'm doing a show that I got called to do, I guess, you know, you always say I have a face for radio, but actually I got called to do some television. Um, it's going to be a Zoom call, so they're not going to be a good up close, but I'm going to be on Pat Foreign's Consumer Alert. 
They call me periodically when there's a car thing coming up. And we just have to, gonna, I think what we're going to be doing is reminding people that they have to service their cars, eh? Um, now, you always drive new ones, but you happen to have older ones as well. And you take care of them, don't you? Of course, you, you know, and it's so important. And and it, you know, it's it's not difficult to do. You know, every car comes with uh, with an owner's manual. It does have the service schedule in there. And you know, if you've got a newer car, your dealer is going to stay in touch with you. It might be annoying getting emails from them all the time, but sometimes you get a reminder that your car needs to be serviced. And it's so important to do that to maintain the the longevity of the car. It's uh, so important. You know what I? But 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 you know, we're we're taught to do that by. I, I guess not so much by friends, but usually by parents, eh? And I, I remember, you know, going to the tire <laughs> with my dad, and, and, and we'd wait around while we got the oil changed. So I was told of how important you got to do these kinds of things. But in a lot of cases nowadays, I don't know that, you know, children or, or young teenagers get told about this stuff. No, not, you know, not at all. And, and uh, a lot of, you know, un unless they're car enthusiasts, they just don't know, you know, what's going on with a car and, and why it's important to maintain cars. And, um, you know, thankfully, a, a lot of new cars will tell you it is time for an oil change or you need this particular service or that particular service. And as long as you don't ignore those messages from your car, you, you know, you'll be you'll be fine. And, and it's, it's just it's so important. Uh, and also, I mean, with the condition of Toronto's roads, it's also a good thing. I'm sure you'll agree, Al. It's a good thing to have a mechanic have a look at your car every once in a while because the roads really, really take uh, give a beating to your car. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, as much as people are now just think that the car computer is going to tell you when there's a problem, there's a lot of mechanical things on the car that will not give you uh, symptoms necessarily until they actually fail. Um, so there's no light. There's no noise. There's no rattle. There's no smell. Just bang. And next thing you know, you've lost your steering and, or things like that. So you, you can't, com you know, you can't uh, depend necessarily on an idiot light to come on to warn you prior. So this is why it's important that you take your car into the shop, you know, at least once or twice a year and say, guys, look over the whole thing, see if there's anything that needs attention. And, 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 and for the most part, you know, guys are straight up. They'll report back to you what needs fixing right now, what can wait down the road. Uh, but it's important because, like I say, you don't want to wait until your brake caliper is not releasing anymore. And now you've burned up a set of brakes. Um, you've done all kinds of damage. And, 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 and because when you ignore this stuff, like, for example, suspension and alignment, if you don't get that addressed, you'll, you know, if hopefully, obviously, you're not going to experience a failure. But for example, your your tires aren't going to last half as long as they should. Oh, that's that's exactly it. And and you know, there's a, there's a lot of things. And you're absolutely right with respect to the mechanical side of, of cars. The electronics do a great job, mm -hmm. but uh, more more often lately, because uh, I, I walk my neighborhood a lot, and what I'm hearing more often, Al, yeah. is. Uh, brakes being completely worn out where the backing <laughs> plate of the pad yeah. is dragging on the brake rotor. And, you know, some people don't know what that sound really means. Yes, we do. But it, th this is another reason why you should have your car regularly inspected. Yeah, Dave was uh, would always talk about RTFM, and we we ended up learning what that was. But, but there's, a, there's a lot of new vehicles now that don't even come with, with manuals, eh? <laughs> it's, it's certainly true. not printed books that are in the glove box. 
No, absolutely not. And, you know, I, I, I typically will drive uh, a few new vehicles every month. And, mm-hmm. and there are some that do not come with a manual. They expect you to, you know, scan the, the barcode and, and look at the manual on your phone. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and, and certainly I, there's no no problem for me. I mean, people want to look things up on Google. Um, you know, they have to understand that they're not specific to their vehicles necessarily. Uh, sometimes they're way too general. It's like, you know, when you go see your doctor and you think you got something bad because you Googled it. And it's, no, it's not typhoid fever. It's maybe you just got a cold or something, you know. But um, there's great resources out there if, if you need help. And by all means, like you say, you can always call a dealer. You can always look up. And in fact, all the manufacturers have service, um, you know, schedules on their websites, eh? Yeah, for any kind of vehicle. The, the, you know, the web is a great resource, of course, um, you know. Do your best to get your information from an official source because there's a lot of bad information out there as well. Um, so sometimes people on the internet really don't know what they're talking about. But the, the best reference is to go to your manufacturer's website, look up your vehicle-specific information, and and you can find the service schedule and and other important information about your vehicle. Exactly, it'll tell you how often you should bring it in, what the lights mean. I don't know how many times you know people would say, "I have a light. It looks like Aladdin's lamp. What is that for?" You know. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Al. Speaking of which, I gotta say, I mean, I think I think our listeners understand this, but it's that time of year where it's getting a little darker earlier, and what I'm finding is a lot of cars are driving around with their brights on. Yes, that that or no lights, eh? <laughs> and, and I and I used to flash my lights all the time, and my wife said, "What are you like the light headlight police or something?" And I and I kind of given up on it because people don't know what I'm doing, like. They have no yeah, idea why I'm flashing their lights. I don't see them change their lights. And I got tired of pulling up beside people and rolling my window down because they think I'm crazy. Anyways, got to <laughs> run. And um, speaking of sad things, we're going to be talking to Mitch Levine, who's a famous star now on CBC, but unfortunately for the wrong reasons. Anyways, he'll be with us to tell us his sad story right after this break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with my pal Gelman, and joining us on the line is Mitchell Levine with uh, a bit of an interesting story. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning. So, um, uh, where to start? Um, in in July, we bought a new Lexus, an RX 350H, and. Um, Knowing that it was one of the most stolen vehicles at the time of uh, even talking to the dealership, we said, you know, do you offer any additional alarms or kill switches or anything? And they said no. Now, Mitchell, let me just back up for one second. This isn't your first Lexus, correct? No, this is, um, we had a Lexus stolen (laughs) last uh, September, right. So unfortunately, this... a 450h. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And um, so, so you, so you were. This wasn't hearsay. So you actually experienced the fact that your car gets stolen from your driveway. Um. Correct. Okay. All right. So now, so you, in this case, you wanted to take some kind of precaution to ensure that your car would be there when you got off the subway. One hundred percent. You know, when you spend seventy-five thousand dollars on a vehicle. You want to protect it. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, since Lexus vehicles are so often stolen, and there's um, 
you know, there's a feeling of vulnerability that you really want to avoid. All right, so um, worrying to, about your car. So to try to avoid it, you asked the dealer if they would install any kind of protection device for you. Well, if they had anything beyond what came on the vehicle, right? And so, and they didn't. Okay. So we also own a Toyota Highlander. Um, so, and on the Toyota, we have a kill switch installed. Okay, and that other car—it's been on there for a long time. You've had no issues with it, eh? Absolutely none. And as far as you know, no one's tried to steal the car. Um, actually, someone tried to steal the car just over a month ago. Oh, okay, but they didn't oh, get very no. far. Um, they broke the rear window. They came into the car. They tried to start it. Um, all of this was captured on our neighbor's uh, camera. And then uh, short, they left, and a short time later, they came back with a key fob and unlocked the car um, and tried again. But right. they weren't successful. Right. It's you know as we as we know their their thieves are getting sophisticated and, and it's all electronic and it's it, you know with with some cars it is very difficult to um, to stop thieves and and Mitch you you went an extra step because it's happened to you before you went an extra step to um, to install some equipment to prevent uh, theft isn't that right? That's correct and. Um, little did we know that we would find out that if we had any problems with the car, that the warranty would be void on the car by doing so. So just by you trying to protect yourself and putting in this device that they couldn't provide or sell you, you'd now lost the warranty on your car? Yep. Um, when we took the car back for service because we were having communication issues mm -hmm. that were showing up both on the key fob and on the app, Right. Um, the very first question we were asked was, was there a third-party alarm on the vehicle? And we, I, I wasn't going to hide the fact that we had installed something, so I said yes. And they said, have it removed, otherwise we will not work on the vehicle. Wow, so what do you have to do with that case? Take it back to the guy that installed it? Have him take it Correct. out? Correct. Yep, so we did that. And uh -huh. Um, the problems continued, but... Um, so that was an expense for you, wasn't it? Did you not have to pay these guys to that you've finished? Now you've, you've paid them to put it in. Now you have to pay them to take it out again? Um, no, they did that free of charge. Oh, that was nice. Okay. Uh, but at the same um, time, when you went back to the dealership, they still couldn't figure out what the problem was. Correct. And the other thing they said is it's all on your nickel because you've modified the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So because um, we had had the car at the dealership for almost two weeks, mm -hmm. and um, they were quoting upwards of $20,000 in terms of, a, you know, a whole host of parts that they would need to replace. So they already knew at that point from the time they'd spent diagnosing it that, that that's the amount of parts that needed replacing? They didn't know, actually. They figured that um, almost like a number of garages do, mm -hmm. you know, we'll start replacing parts, and when we stumble on the actual problem, then we'll solve it. Okay. Um, I think I was insulted there, Brian. <laughs> there, there are some techs that know what they're doing but unfortunately in your situation you didn't find one of this dealership and you had to take your car somewhere else correct correct so we took it to a second dealership 
and actually within Oh, oh sorry, let me hours. back up. How much did you have to pay the first dealership to get your car back that was being held hostage? It, it was a ransom? Yes. yes. Uh, so we paid. Um, initially, they wanted uh, six, 16 hours. We negotiated them down to nine. Oh, wow. So still a couple was a couple thousand dollars then, eh? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, was the second dealer able to get your car running? Yes. Okay. Took four hours to diagnose the problem, two hours to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. However, we had no warranty on the car because the first dealership contacted Lexus Canada mm-hmm. and um, told them to void the warranty on the vehicle. Wow. I didn't know they could actually do that. But uh, that's, it's really unfortunate, too. I mean, certainly, I, I guess in a certain respect... If there's stuff related to the electrical work, fine, you know, but engine, tranny, all the other stuff, it's it's really senseless that they do that. And, and and just the fact that they put that on the record, that diminished the value of the vehicle, eh? Um, basically, we could not sell the vehicle until we replaced the wiring harness on the vehicle. And then they would reinstate your warranty. Wow, what a mess, right? Correct. And, and that had to be done by a Lexus dealership. Wow, Brian? Right. So, Mitch, I, I can't imagine you're at any kind of conclusion with with uh, with this whole situation. And the situation is definitely an understatement. Um, what what are what do you think your next steps are? And and do you have any any advice for uh, for for new Lexus owners? Well, certainly, I, I can do the PSA in terms of um, if. You should always go to your dealership and ask your dealership if they offer an alarm beyond what comes standard on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't, you may think of shopping to another dealership that does have a third-party alarm that the dealer can install. Did you actually find this out after the fact? Yes. Oh, you did. So there are other dealerships that will do that and, and correct and, but on the same kind same kind of vehicle then correct correct oh okay wow it's too bad again that you didn't know this beforehand i mean the other issue too that now i understand both of these vehicles were stolen from the same place where where, where did they take it from a green pea parking lot a wilson subway station green pea parking lot okay is, is there no cameras there or any kind of security at that lot there's no security at all Unfortunately. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, and and uh, you know, as we know, that you know, the, the the police aren't aren't that serious about investigating these things. I mean, they're they're overwhelmed. So you know, if you do lose a vehicle, you you you're you're probably not going to get it back. Well, the sad thing is, it took six and a half hours to actually, <clears throat> sorry, get through to the police. No kidding. So, yeah, it's, um, and then if you want to add insult to the whole situation, when we purchased the car, we were told that the dealership was offering an extra security measure, actually an insurance policy. What was that? Um, And that was etching on the car. So if you paid $418 plus tax, Mm -hmm. Um, if your car was stolen, you would get $5,000 or so, we understood. Mm-hmm. But actually, it was an insurance policy for the dealership. 
because unless you go back to that same dealership and purchase another vehicle, you don't get money. Wow. So you, so you had to, and, and, and you had no choice whether to take it or not, eh? They'd already put it on the car? Correct. Wow. So you got beat up for that too. Cause, uh, so now, because your next vehicle is not going to be a Lexus, certainly not from this dealership, that, that policy is void, right? 100%. Okay. All right. So, well, it's good to know that there are some manufacturers out there or some dealerships, per se, that, that will, uh, you know, put on some extra security for you. Um, now, your insurance company, are, they, are you able to still deal with them or they don't want you anymore? Um, so far, so good. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, the, the other thing that everyone should be aware of is, yeah. you know, if you purchase a highly sought after or a stolen highly stolen vehicle, right. you're going to pay potentially up to 30% more in insurance. All right. So what's your next one going to be? Um, we're, we're still looking. Um, we did visit Mercedes mm-hmm. and looked at the 300 GLC. Um, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story. It's, it was a sad one, but some great points were made. People have to know that, you know, if they're going to go over and above trying to protect their vehicle, that they could be messing up their warranty, which they certainly don't want to do. Mitch, lots of luck down the road, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to keep the next car at least through the lease time anyways, see? Eh? Yeah, I don't think we'll be parking at that green parking lot anymore. <laughs> All right. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank this, you very much. You're very welcome. All right, speaking of insurance, we've got Elliot on the phone with us after the break. He's from CAA. They got some great coverage, and uh, he's got some great tips so that hopefully when you get off the subway, your vehicle will still be where you parked it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max with my pal Alan Gelman, and joining us on the line is our friend Elliot Silverstein from CAA. And Elliot, uh, as we spoke with Mitch earlier, car theft is a, a real issue. It really is. It's one of those topics that that just keeps uh, coming up in the news and, and is on everybody's uh, minds because it's happening so frequently and, and really in so many different areas. And, and we really need to to change that conversation and start, you know, talking about and getting to the solutions of, you know, thefts are being deterred and people are having that comfort again that their cars are safe. Right. Some people think that, you know, it's it, it, big deal. If my car gets stolen, I'll get a new one. Is, isn't that a positive thing? Probably not. No, I, I mean, you know, a lot of people have that false sense of security. They say to themselves, well, you know, if my car gets stolen, I'll, I'll file an insurance claim and I'll get a new car. And, and, wh- and while that, you know, you will get paid out, you know, in, in, in those moments, you know, the, the long-term effect of this is that we're seeing so many cars being stolen that, you know, the, 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 the root problem is that we're all going to end up paying for this more down the road. We've seen, you know, different different tactics being taken this year, but we want to make sure that regardless of whether your car is a highly sought-after vehicle or whether it's not, that people are taking the precautions because we don't want people to be paying more for insurance because of the volume of claims that we're seeing across the board in the province. All right, but here we just had Mitchell Levine on, the uh, guy who's lost apparently three Lexuses at this point. Um, Now, here he tried to do prevent it himself by having an alarm installed. Um, It just messed things up even worse, and then, of course, they made him take it out. What, what, how do, how do we, how, if, if you're not allowed to do that, how, how else can we stop these, the, th- the theft of cars? 
you know, there's a couple of pieces to this. And I think that, you know, what the important parts are, you know, understanding what, what you can and cannot do, talking to your insurance company, because some insurance companies do have certain requirements now of putting certain things in. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the other things that's really important is, is creating that visual deterrent. And that's the thing that CAA has really been trying to, 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 to zone in on over the last number of months is that, you know, we want to make that, we want to make cars harder to, to access. Thieves are going to work hard to get those cars. If you have something like a, uh, a club, a, a steering wheel column, that is going to require minutes to, to break it apart, mm-hmm. a thief may move to, onto another one. So while you, know, you don't want to have somebody else have that misfortune, at least you wake up in the morning with your car there. It's not, it's not a solution that, that is perfect, but it certainly is a deterrent. And the more that we can deter, the, the better off we're all going to be. Right. And, and here, same thing. I mean, the, he had a vehicle stolen at the same lot, you know, uh, could, could not, could the, I mean, can they not make the, the lot owner responsible at some point? You know, it's, it's challenging. I mean, it depends on some of the rules. But again, like thieves are, 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 are fairly knowledgeable. I mean, you know, they, they know what to do. Again, you know, if people have their cars stolen, ultimately, you know, you end up getting a new car. So you want to take preventative measures if your car has been stolen. Change some of those habits because if your car has been stolen once, what are you going to do differently in the second time around to make sure it doesn't get taken either? Whether it means putting it in a garage or parking your cars differently. Like, what, what are you going to do? And then if, if it's in an area where it's in public, you know, Maybe you try to find something that's more visible near a camera, um, understanding those types of situations so that you can make certain changes. But that's the challenge, that these thieves are very well connected to understand where to go and what to do and where people are not paying attention. Now, Brian, you live midtown, and the houses generally have smaller garages, and, and the vehicles are so big now, you see them get stolen all the time, do you not? It, it happens. Uh, it happens all the time in my neighborhood, and it's you know it's it's everything from you know from from Lexuses and, and Toyotas to Range Rovers, and and that's the the nature of it. And, and speaking of which, and I, and I think Ellie, you'll you'll agree. Um, I I had a, a conversation with my brother-in-law last week, and he said, oh, you know, my you know my SUVs. It's, I heard the the that models getting stolen and uh, and i looked at him and i said it's time to clean out your garage make room for your suv and park it in the garage right I, i've even heard of where where, where thieves have moved a car <laughs> away <laughs> like you know people say well if you block your car in you're safe not necessarily so no, you, I mean, there's, 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 there's people that are going to try various things, but you want to try and make it as hard as possible. I think that, again, if they're working now in a situation of, of seconds versus minutes, mm-hmm. the more that you can create those deterrents, the better off you are. There, and, and the other challenge is, is that there's no one single solution that's going to work for everybody. Everybody's situation is different based on their location, their type of vehicle, their situation. So, so you know, really it's about trying to find that, that solution because even if you're out and about going to the grocery store, what precautions are you taking then? You know, we, we, you know it's, it's unfortunate to be talking in this manner, but until the situation is resolved long term, we, we need the public to really you know, be part of the solution and say, we're going to try and avoid these things from happening because to, to get this resolved properly, it's going to require so many different people together from the public to policing, government, as well as the vehicle manufacturers. Now, you've been in trying to get that ball rolling, have you not, as far as making the manufacturers get responsible for this? We're trying to get everybody to the table, and I think that's the important part because one of the things that we've been trying to address is that it's been over 16 years since the vehicle standards in Canada have been updated. So you look back 16 years ago, there were no iPhones, there were no iPads. 
what are these people using to get access to your vehicles? They're using those types of mobile technology. It's really important that these vehicle standards are looked at and updated so that it actually mirrors what we're, look, what we're using every day in our lives. And I think that that's a, that's a huge opportunity, but it's also going to take time. So we need to have some preventative measures right now while we get the manufacturers to, to step up and make cars that much harder to access because we have so much convenience in the cars, and it's been a trade-off that that's what people are using to get access to our cars. Well, you know, I hear people talking about, you know, I, I, I put an Apple iTag and AirTag in my car. Um, that's not going to prevent your car from getting stolen. The, the other unfortunate part is the, but the police and, and the border aren't doing anything either. Well, I mean, the police are doing, you know, they're trying to do their part. I mean, we've seen that investment from the government in Ontario of over $50 million, and there's a lot of different efforts to try and curb these issues. The problem is there's just, there's just so many pieces to it. But the other side of it is, is that, you know, again, the border services is, is an important part of this conversation for solutions because so many things are exiting Canada. It's how do we try to catch some of these cars that are already stolen that are being shipped out to, to other markets around the world. If we can start cracking down on those elements, then that's also another deterrent because, um, you know, they're going in shipping containers and they're on their way in a matter of hours. And that's one of the challenges and why I keep saying time and again to those I meet with is that no one organization or, or industry is going to be part of this solution. Everybody's going to have to roll up their sleeves and do their parts. Ryan, when you guys bring cars in from Europe, are, are they open or are they in a container? Oh, they, they come on a, a, on a on a special pallet. I mean, we're talking about race cars. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the um, our race cars are useless to thieves. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, Elliot, I, I definitely have to thank you for joining us. And, and uh, you know, we, we hope we can educate some, some folks out there how to take precautions and, and prevent their cars from being stolen. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I, when I get bored and there's nothing on TV, I watch border security, eh? And uh, but they only seem to be concerned about what's coming into the country, not what's going out. I guess we're going to have to turn that uh, ship around and figure out uh, how they can do that. Absolutely, we need, we, need, we need to we need to make sure that that's happening because really, at the end of the day, um, you know, while we look at some of these longer term solutions, we need to make sure that uh, that border services is doing their part, and that's why we want everybody at the table. And the faster we can do that, the faster we're going to have solutions. Elliot, thank you very much. CAA.ca, CAASCO.com for Ontario, CA.ca for National. Great products. I've got them myself. I've saved a whole lot of money. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we got to take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max, not in studio with my pal Alan Gelman. And Al, car theft is a is a real thing. And and I think if we can leave our listeners with uh, with a few ideas about how to prevent their car from being stolen, I think that'd be pretty helpful. Well, like I say, we we I've certainly mentioned putting it out of sight. You know, putting it in a garage. And like you mentioned, you know, if you have a garage and it's sitting for the most part empty. You know, I, I understand it's convenience. You know, you just get home and you, 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 you know, you just park the car and hit the lock button. But, but it's out in the open. It's going to get stolen. I mean, here, this guy Mitch has had, I think this is actually his third car that actually got stolen. So it's pretty That's crazy. True. Yeah. yeah, it is. And, you know, there's some, you know, there's some simple things you can do. We talked about it earlier. You, you can get a device like a, a club, a steering wheel yep. lock, and that's very, very visible. And, and you know, in, in Mitch's situation, he was parked in a big parking lot and, 
it, you know, his his particular Lexus is one of those things that does get stolen frequently. So while you may be able to be able to protect yours with a club or a similar device, thieves are just going to go to the next one that doesn't have that and and take it. And it's you know, it's not a victimless crime because ultimately, as uh, as drivers with insurance policies, the insurance policy goes up and we all have to pay for it. Exactly. And you know, we were talking earlier about supply na- supply chain issues. It's not like they've got extra Lexuses sitting on the lot for you to get when yours gets stolen. You know, sometimes you'd have to wait for months. And uh, speaking of insurance, they're only going to cover a rental for so long, eh? Yeah, that's exactly. There are term li- there are limits to that in your policy. So, um, you know, you, you it's 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 right now. It's not a great situation because if you do lose a vehicle, you, you're going to be stuck maybe uh, purchasing something you really don't want to buy, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it it's just all around a, a bad situation. So, you know, make sure you park your 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 vehicle in the garage if you have one. Make it difficult to steal, and uh, and remember, it's not a victimless crime, and it's and and the police are not waiting for you to investigate uh, your your stolen car it's not uh, it's not like television no i understand you know what and i had somebody who was freaking out it was a guy that owned a small leasing company because one of his clients one of his customers vehicles was stolen he had an airpod he knew exactly where the vehicle was and because it was you know 20 miles east of the city the, the local police department said well it's out of our jurisdiction and, and, and they wouldn't do anything that's exactly it. He goes, but, it, but know, it's parked there, and, and and we could get my car back, <laughs> you know? Exactly. They just don't have the resources to investigate these things. Yeah, terrible. All right, well, if you have a car still, or maybe there's public transportation, um, check out the, um, the fall RV shows going on this weekend, and you can go visit our friend Amy Bradley from Wayfair. Great lady. She knows all about camping, eh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's a great show. Uh, we we uh, we had uh, we uh, the I can't remember her name off the top of my head uh, from the RV show. So it's, it's a fantastic show. If you're interested in RVing, uh, get out there this weekend. And don't forget we, uh, on davescornergarage.com, we have our triangle tire fall contest. We're giving away a set of triangle tires. Exactly. And whether you need just new all seasons or whether you want some winter tires, which we always suggest people get in this climate. It's it, it's that time of year, isn't it, Al? It's uh, it's a time of year. It's October. Time to switch over from your summer tires to your winter tires. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, give your guy a shout. Make sure that he's got them handy. And it, it, if 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 he's got them in storage, have him check to just to make sure that the tires are safe. Because a lot of times, you know, when guys are certainly in our shop when we were busy. You know, we'd pull off the tires and throw on the on the winter ones, but we really wouldn't be looking at the condition of the other ones, eh? And, you know, tires do age. We know that uh, from ozone and, and um, you know, the, the, the composition of the rubber breaks down. In fact, oh, we were on a walk the other day, and my wife said to me, how come that car has its covers on its wheels, eh? And I said, well, so they don't get sunburned. And she thought I was just being snarky, but that wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the case. And I had to explain to her that, yes, the ozone, the, the sun will deteriorate the rubber. It starts to crack. It, it doesn't stay supple, you know, like those commercials for moisturizer go, eh? Um, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the, everything ages out, kind of like us too, Al. I, I, <laughs> thanks, Brian. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it depends on how old you think I am, you see. Oh, you're just a young fella. I know. Hey, a question. Uh, you're in Detroit. Is it easier now to get Cuban cigars there, or do you have to bring them from Toronto? 
Oh, they they have to come from Canada. I mean, you 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 know, like anything, you can get them here, and and it, you know, it's not too difficult. But you know, the joy is trying different cigars from around the world. Oh, is that it? You know, because it, it's funny because I I I I drink beer a lot, not a lot, but well, it depends who you ask. But um, I like to drink the same stuff all the time. But I know there's people that like to try different things all the time. You're like that with cigars. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Uh, but the one the one thing I don't do uh, usually is uh, smoke uh, smoking cigars and driving. No. Well, as a matter of fact, I think uh, the manufacturers, in your case, when you're doing a test drive, would be very upset if uh, you brought back one stinky car back, eh? Oh, that, that that's for sure. I, I do recall a story from a few years ago. We heard a uh, very high-end manufacturer had loaned a car to an influencer, a social media influencer, uh-huh. who smoked a, car in, uh, smoked a cigar in the car and essentially ruined the car. You know what? I understand that. I just came back from Daytona trip with my son-in-law, and uh, we rented a Lexus, and it smelled terrible. Um, but I guess being an ex-smoker, I was more susceptible to it. We want to thank Elliot Silverstein from CAA. We want to thank Mitch, unfortunate soul that got his car stolen many, many times. But the good news is, I guess it's gone now, so he doesn't have to deal with that part. Brian, drive safe on your way back. Yeah, sounds good, Al. Thanks very much, and uh, have a wonderful Saturday. All right, and you too, and Ashley, thank you very much for the help. We got to run. This is Al from Dave's Corner Garage. We'll see you next week, everybody. Drive safe. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.